Hello and welcome back to OT Talk with Mr. T. I'm your host, Mr. T. Last time we began, we began speaking about some games from an occupational therapist's perspective. I'd like to continue talking about games this time, different games that I've seen in the past, different games that I've seen on Amazon and seen it with kids that I feel like could be helpful with children and students, especially when we're working on different difficulties, including that of fine motor. So the all-time classic of Risk and Monopoly, those are really great ones. Besides for the fact that you have the fingers using the tiny little pincher and the tiny little tripod grasp to get those little pieces, to get them to move around, to get them to be manipulated within the board, you're also working on turn-taking and attention to task and sequencing and patience and being able to follow the rules and the directions within the game itself. So those are really good, such as Risk and Monopoly, you know, all-time favorite ones. There's also Tic-Tac-Toe, which is really good. You could do that with the paper and pencil, and they have to choose whether they want to be the O or the X, and they have to write it nicely, and they have to use a pencil. And let's hope we get them to hold that pencil in the tripod grasp. You could use the chubby pencil or a different type of pencil or using the pencil grip that we've discussed before in order to be involved in these games as well. There's also puzzles. Puzzles are really good in general. It's good for manipulating the pieces, for holding the pieces, putting together the pieces. Kids can't always do such high, high complex types of puzzles. We have to start low. So once we know that they could do the four piece puzzles and the eight piece puzzles, we can move up to the 12 piece puzzles. Then we could bump them up to the 24 piece puzzles. I actually have a student now who we work on doing the 24 piece puzzles and he's able to do it by himself, but we want him to be able to do it in a nice, quick efficient manner he's doing it now but it takes him a good 15 minutes to do one or two of them and we want him to get it to be done within less than five minutes so that he could be able to functionally accomplish the task especially if he's doing it at home and be able to put it all together in a nice quick efficient manner you could also have the kids go on a scooter board which is a little flat plastic board with four wheels underneath they could sit in prone which means on their chest and on their belly and they could go with their hands they could go scoot around the room picking up different pieces and you can make it into an obstacle course to find the pieces around the obstacle course each time they go around the course to get a piece, they have to put it into the puzzle board and make the puzzle board. So you get them getting their whole gross, mo butter, gross motor movement for the body as well as fine motor movement for the body, as well as trying to put the puzzle together as well. That's a really great one, especially if you're able to do that. You know, the nuts and bolts we talked about in previous times where they have to learn how to practice different tasks, especially for high school or even middle school. It's like plastic nuts and plastic bolts, and then they have to screw it on with their hands. It also comes with plastic screwdrivers or plastic um, different materials such as that as if they're learning how to use tools properly and that's a really great one as well. Another great game besides for um, the ones that we discussed before is also Mad Libs. You might not think of Mad Libs as a game but it really is a game because they have to figure out how to figure how to fit in the pieces of the puzzle of the story itself. They have to think of nouns and adjectives and they could be silly with it. Kids like to be silly. They like to have fun they like to think of how they can make something sound cool, funny, and awesome within the same context. And that's a very cheap thing to do with the Mad Libs. You know, there's also um, Uno is a great game. It's I use it for the lower functioning kids, kids who are lower functioning. I use it just to have them color code or to match the numbers or to find matches of the numbers or to go within different piles. But the kids that actually know how to play Uno, they could keep score again with the pencil and the paper. That's a really great game as well, and it's a card game. Kids really do love card games. Headbands is a game I've only played once before. It's like you put a headband and you put the clue, and they have to describe the clue to you, and you have to guess it, and then you describe the clue to them that they're wearing on their head, 
and they have to guess it as well. And again, they're picking up those cards, hopefully using a nice, functional, great grasp, and they could uh, play the game, and hopefully they'll enjoy it. Hopefully the goal of therapy, besides forgetting the child or the client or the individual to be as independent as possible and as functional as possible, but also to enjoy the process and to enjoy the games and have fun while playing the games and learning those skills they really need to have throughout their school life and their regular daily life. There's also charades which I've done on a blackboard. You could do it on a dry erase paper with a marker or a pencil. You could do it on a regular paper with a pencil. They have to draw an item. They have to draw a figure and you have to guess it and you can make a figure that they have to guess. You can make it that they get points for it or that they get money for it, or that they have to uh, give you descriptions, but that's a very good paper and pencil task as well, as well as within the context of being a game itself. Bop It is another really cool one that's very easily purchasable. All these things really you could find on Amazon. Amazon is my favorite. I'm like an Amazonaholic. I could shop there all day if I could, and I freely admit it as well. My name is Mr. T, and I am an Amazonaholic, and... You could also become an Amazonaholic, especially to get all these supplies for children or students who you feel could benefit. So Bop It is a really good one. You could hold it. You know, you have to twist it and turn it and press it. Different things you're doing with your different finger muscles and different elements involving the wrist as well. And this is a really good thing to use as well. They have to also do the turn within the limit of the time that's given in the game. Otherwise, they get out and it goes, ah, Bop It, doom, hit it. You have to follow along to the game and follow along to what it's asking for within the time limit that it needs. There's also Don't Break the Ice, which is a very difficult game to actually set up. I played it with a, ch with a child in the second grade, and we found it very difficult to actually put the pieces, the quote-unquote ice, into the proper slots. So that takes a lot of fine motor work to get the pieces in. And then you have the hammer each turn to try to get the piece out without knocking the figure skater out or whatever that red piece is out. So there you get the fine motor aspect, and they also have to figure out how to get the pieces in. So really you're doubly getting the aspects that are really awesome to do as well. Perfection is a really good game. It's time-based, and they have to put the pieces in. They have to get the pieces in properly, and they're really small pieces to use, so it's really good, again, for the fine motor work, especially the pincer grasp and the tripod grasp as well. And I'll just mention two last ones in this one, and we could always come back to this topic in the future. There's also Candyland. Candyland is a fun game, a nice game, and has little pieces that they can manipulate, but not as little as Monopoly. Monopoly really has tiny, tiny pieces. you got to be careful if they're little, little kids or a kid that has pico, which means he'll eat anything. But those pieces are very good in Monopoly to manipulate little, little pieces. Even in Candyland, though, the bread pieces, even though it's a flat piece, it's nice for him to try to use those proper fingers to move the pieces around. He has to flip the cards and move the space depending on what color it is. And it's to follow along depending on which space it is, similar to Shoots and Ladders, which you mentioned before as well. And the last game I'll mention is Guess Who. Guess Who is a really nice game as well. It's little, little cards. They have to try to describe the person. They have to try to give clues as to the person. And it could be a challenge for a kid to figure out which piece we're talking about, which character we're talking about. And they have to know to put down the pieces that don't have the hat and to keep up the pieces that do have the hat, for example, or to put down the pieces that have the hair or to keep up the pieces that don't have the hair. So we have to make sure when doing all of these games, we give good, simple, clear, concise, to the point, directions and rules so the kids understand how to play the game and understand how to follow along to the game in order that they can accurately play the game. Thank you for joining us on this episode of OT Talk with Mr. T. I'm your host, Mr. T, 
feel free to reach out to us at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com.